right. that, that is my favorite watch by far. Mm. Uh, if I could murder someone for it, I would. <laughs> Unfortunately, I haven't found a victim yet. Right. So if you'd like to volunteer yourself, please let me know. Hello, um, welcome to the latest episode of My Watches Podcast, episode 21, with two guests here. Casey, hi from Casey and John John podcast, who no longer posted Represent. for some reason, <laughs> and also the medic blog, mm-hmm. and uh, as usual, Woody at Watch Addict Instagram handle and everything will be here, right? Can I ask a question before we begin? Like, is he still a guest? Um, he he, he actually, I'm not sure anymore. He's if just someone a- lives in your house, is <laughs> a parasite. Yeah, right? It's like, ooh, I like that. That's not a guest anymore. That's going on my Instagram profile, Parasite One. <laughs> my Watchers ah, Podcast. Yeah, the My Watchers Podcast Parasite. Yeah. That's I like that. that. Mm. Alright, so today we have a um, very impromptu episode as well, because we are here to film Splitting Seconds if you have not checked it out. Mm. Alright, so uh, the topic for today is what are your, in terms of how does your 2023 watch outlook be like, right, mm-hmm, for the year? Mm-hmm. And how you feeling in terms of your watch journey and watch collecting journey, right? Right. Before that, first thing first, a very quick wristwatch check. I have my Omega Speedmaster Hasselite eighteen sixty one, also known as the fake moon swatch. <laughs> I'm wearing the real moon swatch, the Jupiter edition. Yeah, I'm wearing a, a new vintage GLC memo box. I'm not going to attempt pronouncing the brand name. Jujutsu because Casey will just Jujutsu Roku. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. All right, so maybe maybe I'll go first. Yeah, sure. All right, so in terms of my watch, I mean, like how I my outlook for watch uh, for twenty twenty three in terms of my watch collecting, um, I'm facing a little bit of watch fatigue. Mm-hmm. Right, so I'm not sure if you guys are facing that as well. Um, I think it's been a very strong, like past two years for me, in terms of purchases and <coughs> advancing in terms of collecting things that I wouldn't thought I would have been able mm-hmm. to get. Right. And then now it's like a big question mark for me, like what's next? Right. And then in terms of getting bored of certain part of my collections as well, mm. um, and in a way I'm a little bit lost in terms of where I want to be. And then start looking to things that, stuff like precious metal and stuff mm-hmm. that probably add some spice towards the collection. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> oh, will this come up before or after Spoiler second? Uh, Spoiler alert. <laughs> probably before. So yeah. stay tuned to find out what happens today. Mm. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure if you guys are feeling the same as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, why don't you? Okay. Go yeah, sure. Um, so, I think you guys may have noticed, may or may not, but my watch profile is not even active anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of stopped or slowed down at least the, the podcasting as well. Uh, the Matic as a whole has kind of slowed down mm. um, because I think I can. Special is lazy. Right. Firstly, yes, <laughs> he's a lazy dude, yeah. um, but also all of us are kind of experiencing watch fatigue mm. because, I mean, if you've been in the hobby for a while, you kind of see the same mm. things being regurgitated in a way mm. at more and more expensive price points. Yeah. That that seems to be happening a lot. Um, the hype market has gone insane mm. uh, with with prices for highly sought watches going through the roof, mm. impossible to find at retail. You're buying at scalp prices which are insane and then also you know the fact that I guess I can speak for me at least like um, now I'm married and then like I have a house to take care of blah 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 there's a lot I feel like I have a lot less time yeah. to indulge in all this sort of things yeah. and I've ended up this is super uncle but 
I've ended up buying like furniture. Like, should I buy furniture or should I buy a watch? Mm. Should I buy a nice coffee table or a cheaper coffee table and a watch? Mm. And I end up buying a nice coffee table instead. Mm. And then it's just like your your priori- priorities kind of shift. Yeah. I'm also very happy with where my collection is as it stands. Mm. I don't know. I, I if you ask me what my watch plans are for the coming year, mm. if I see something interesting that I like that's at a reasonable price and that you can buy without waiting in a queue, mm-hmm. I might get that. Yeah. Otherwise, I honestly have nothing planned. Yeah. I still love watches. I, I'm still here talking about watches because it's a part of my life, yeah. but I don't look to acquire anything. I think I'll echo a lot of what Casey has just said. It's, I've also been on a bit of a, a pathway like what James has, was doing in the past year. And I think this is the first time even on my Instagram profile that I've decided not to post for quite a while already. It's in, by comparison to what I was doing almost daily, right? right. It's like almost two weeks without hardly anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a reassessment of how I want to do this more sustainably as well. Because you want to enjoy doing it, mm-hmm. uh, making the content that you'd still be happy to make and you don't feel obligated to make that yep. as well, right? And I think even from the watch acquisition perspective, I also kind of reached the same plateau that both of you have. It's like, I don't really have anything on the radar. Mm. I do have one I've already pre-booked for 2023 though. Mm. Um, But having said that, that's the one and only I have in mind. And if you ask me to put up a list of what I'm looking for, I actually will give you a blank piece of paper back (laughs) Mm. for now. Sure. Um, Because there's really nothing that I'm looking actively to acquire. Mm. And I'm kind of hoping that something just speaks to me. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like you see something very interesting, Mm -hmm. you know, that isn't at scalpers prices, that somewhat attainable that not everyone appreciates but you do yep. and I'm hoping that kind of shows up along 2023 to reinvigorate some excitement mm-hmm. otherwise it feels a little tired as yes. well mm. a lot of it feels like reissues or you know tapping into nostalgia and, mm. and I think all the big brands have kind of already done it yep. that they are scrapping the bottom of the barrel already mm. to try and find more yep. um, so kind of looking for more new stuff and uh, of course um, hoping that the trend of Watches getting a little bit smaller would continue to continue. Yep. Um, I'm glad to say that the prices aren't as bad as they were in 2020, 2021. It's still bad, true, but it's getting better. But I still don't think it's for those of you who are just starting, right? I actually feel for you because oh, yeah. it's a horrible time to start. You yes. know, I wish you did two, three years ago when it was somewhat before the the high mm-hmm. started. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're just recovering. You know, yep. so yep. Um, for the moment, that's where I am as well with. Um, but on that note, in terms of pricing, right, it's like, what's your outlook on that? Because from what I see that it will never be affordable anymore, yeah. right? So it will never be where it will be. Mm-hmm. And I think as for us, we started collecting when it was somewhat affordable. Mm-hmm. And we started to build our collection up to a decent point And then like, oh, everything else is like, you already have the standard piece. Mm-hmm. And the price next, up. Yeah. yeah, the price up. The next thing you want is like the whole holology and everything, yep. right? Yep. Which yep. is... Super super far fetched in terms yeah. of that, that that huge leap of jump, right? Mm-hmm. So what can the watch <coughs> industry do to fill in any gaps or anything? Or what would you hope for the watch industry to to create for you to give you some sense of excitement? Mm. That's a that's, tough one. Yeah. I'm gonna gonna put another spoiler alert and all that. I think that's why the idea of perhaps if Swatch does a bit more, that may not be a bad thing mm-hmm. because you feel less guilty about mm-hmm. getting into something cheaper, mm-hmm. but into a brand that you normally would not and it's a bit more playful maybe that would be a great way to get more people involved Um, but having said that i think we are at a place where it's a little bit tricky because i like a lot of what the micro brands are doing because there's a lot of great designs coming up right but i've also reached this point in my watch journey where 
you're trying to feel a little bit more responsible as well about what you're buying and if you know that you won't be able, no one else is able to appreciate it and if one day you want to let it go, right, you're being kind of irresponsible mm. things like no one wants. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's also a bit of a ideological debate that I'm having with right. myself at the moment. So I feel that to come back to your question, I reckon if there was more accessible ways to go into the hobby which more people would appreciate as well it's never a bad thing because you want to share that mm -hmm. with more people but other than that i think the the reissues are getting a little bit tired um i kind of want to see more new stuff but mm -hmm. then again i have to admit as an enthusiast so deep into it i'm probably niche yeah. i'm not mainstream yeah yeah agreed yeah but so, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I, I mean i just have to say like because all those uh, Moonswatch yeah. kind of projects are a lot, they're very entry level yeah. but it's not really an upgrade path for us Correct. you know Correct. what I mean like Correct. like being where we are now like having the collections that we have now mm. like like James said like when you're looking at the next step it's a huge jump to go from basically stainless steel plain metal mm. sportsy mm. luxury watches mm. into auto luxury mm. right like you're, if you're talking about ap patek vc mm. uh let's not even talk about the, the indies yeah the indies are a whole other level there there is nothing much filling yes. in the gaps in between and right. and i don't see a clear upgrade path um and for me at least like uh, one nice thing for my personal watch collecting philosophy is i only buy what i personally like and mm. intend to keep mm. So I don't care at all about resale value. Mm. I really couldn't care if a watch that I bought for twenty thousand is now worth five, right? Because it's still a watch that I like, and yeah. I'm not gonna sell it. So I've actually not. I've sold three watches mm. in out of my entire collection in all the time I've been in this hobby, and that was only to friends mm. at the price that I bought them for. That's mm. cool. Mm. I think the the trigger that made me think a lot more about this, and I I was actually in the same camp as you were, mm. but. Um, some of you may know I'm actually on a, in the midst of moving out of uh, the country for a job, right? Yeah. And if you come to realize that I can't really bring all of this with mm. me, and it forces the hand of consolidation about right. the, the, the idea that I didn't used to think that I would want to sell any of this, but then leaving it behind for months and a year just feels like an outright shame. Mm -hmm. right? And you kind of wish it moves on to someone else mm. already. And if none of the friends want to get, to get it, then it's like you have to move it into the market. Mm. And that's when you realize like, wait a minute, no one really wants this. And right. that becomes a bit of a problem. But it's one of those steps along the journey that was more a consequence of where my life was mm -hmm. taking me. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure. I mean, James, you've moved already abroad, right? So mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that has been a thing that's bothered you. Yes, I mean, for sure, because like my collection is split into two places right now, right? Yeah. right Malaysia and Singapore. Yeah. And I think the collection has grown to a certain point as well that uh, the numbers sort of doesn't make sense with you. Right? Mm -hmm. At least if of me trying to be responsible. I mean, if I have unlimited funds, I'll keep everything. Yep. Right. I will want to keep everything for sentimental reasons and also the love that I have for the watches. Mm -hmm. But as a responsible human being, that's something that you start thinking about, right? You yep. only have you only wear one watch a day and you try to rotate as much as you can. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you start realizing that oh, actually this piece, this piece, I haven't really worn it for so yep. long. That's right. True. I mean, I do have sentimental reason for it, but then it's like then you start thinking as well, does this sentimental reasons actually matters, right? So that is sort of a debate I have for myself. Yeah. yeah, so I I don't have an answer for it, to be honest, <laughs> because I'm, I'm, me being a greedy human being, I try to get the best of everything. Mm. I try to keep it, as I, I'll try to tell myself that, oh, even though I don't wear it, it's, it's still a, a good piece to, to, to view mm, whenever yeah. I get back home and so on. Mm. So I don't have an answer for you, but <laughs> I, I struggle with that as well, for yeah. sure, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. yeah.
Good. As as Marshall once like a wise man, Marshall once said, right? If it if it doesn't hurt, you're not you're not an actual watch collector, <laughs> right? So right, fine. I mean, you may have want to say something to that. Though. <laughs> First of all, I don't think Marshall enjoys pain because if he did, he would be here. <laughs> um, but also, um, I, I definitely get what you mean because there are watches in my collection that I haven't worn in ages, mm. and I look at them and I think to myself, would this be better off? with someone else mm. who would wear it and appreciate it mm -hmm. like wouldn't that be better for the hobby as a whole right. rather than me hoarding all this oh my precious mm -hmm. like all keeping them all to myself it doesn't make sense but at the end of the day I've kept most of them anyway yeah so again I don't have an answer it's it's mm. so contradictory the things yeah. that I say and the things that I do mm. spoiler yeah. alert yeah. but yeah I've I've ended up with the solution of keeping it and then one day if I really fall out of love with it then mm. I'll let it go that's my plan at least. I, I, I think the solution here is to make a lot, a lot more money to keep everything. Mm. <laughs> that's one way to look yeah, at it. That's true. And <laughs> on that point, we've always propagated the idea of being Green. responsible about yeah. this, right? So Increased income inequality. Yeah. So your <laughs> philosophy <laughs> is... Spoiler alert again. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, okay, let's, let's take it the other way, right? So what... Let's, let's say uh, the sky is the limit. Mm -hmm. What do you hope to see from, like the watch brands and so on for this year? Like, if if the sky was the limit, what would I get? Like, what would I hope a brand would release so yeah. that I could get it? Mm -hmm. MBNF doing more crazy things. Oh, I just love MBNF. They they are my favorite indie brand. They are like if you talk about Grails, mm -hmm. that's my Grail. Like the oh god HM Five mm -hmm. Space Pirate. The the separate link one is it? The uh, links that goes like that. I don't remember the links. I just remember like it's a huge bulb in the center and it's like four little bulbs. Two-time telling. That is my favorite watch by far. Mm. Uh, if I could murder someone for it, I would. <laughs> Unfortunately, I haven't found a victim yet. Right. So if you'd like to volunteer yourself, please let me know. But uh, yeah, that MBNF just doing crazy stuff like that. I just, I mm. love MBNF because it's so far out there mm. and it's also so unattainable that I don't feel pain like, oh, I can't get it. Mm. It's so close. No, it's yeah. so fucking far away yeah. that I'm just like, oh, that's that's really cool. I just admire it from afar. So yeah, yeah that would be me. Yeah, for, I think for me, it's both, uh, there are two aspects to this. One is an ideological one and one is, um, I don't really believe in the concept of a grail watch. So mm. I don't really have one mm. in terms of a grail, right? But of course, if we had more independence that made things a lot more accessible for the hand craftsmanship mm -hmm. and all that, that would make it a lot more interesting. Because I find that even in the space that a lot of the micro bands that have kind of made it, it doesn't feel as handcrafted anymore. Mm. It feels mm. like you're paying for a design over the handcrafted crafting and all that, right? I, I feel like I want to see more of that because that's where the artisan really gets involved, mm. right? So that's one idea. I think the other one is, of course, I'm hoping for a day where some of the popular mainstream stuff just gets so ubiquitous that you can just get it, right? Mm. I, I feel like there's really no reason for a mass-produced watch to be un unattainable. And you kind of think that after millions have come out over the past hype market, it should reach a point of where you could actually think about getting one already and like maybe it should get be saturated, saturated right? enough to get it and yeah. so that more people just get to enjoy it rather than go like, oh, if you want this one, you have to wait two years or, mm. you, know, or you need to spend money. You know, mm. I think that detracts from the whole hobby. So yeah. that's an ideological one. I'm hoping for that because then I'd also be able to get stuff that maybe I've, never, I've ruled out just because of that clause, right? Mm. 
Um, but I'm also hoping to see more craftsmanship mm-hmm. coming into the lower market. Even if it's a standard movement, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's just something a little bit special. I right. find that every time a brand like that hits jackpot like Anodane, you know, they will then reach a stage where it's like becomes unattainable again mm-hmm. because right. everyone mm-hmm. wants that, that already. Right? Right. So I think if more more of that comes about, it makes it a lot more interesting. That's just a point of view. I think I think it's hard because like I think both of those are kind of contrary yes. in a sense, yeah. right? Yes, you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. supply demand. Yeah, yeah supply yeah, demand. Yeah. Like yeah. and and also one is like when you handcraft something, you release small batches. Yes, correct. And then as they when they hit the jackpot, they want to go big. Mm. It ends up being more industrialized, more correct. commercialized, correct. and less handwork is involved yes, in it. And it's it's such a fine. I don't think balance. anyone has nailed that to no. be honest. No one has. And that's just the way the world works. So mm. it's two very opposing ideals. So I'm okay for the pendulum to swing either way, right. just as long as it goes into one direction. And yep. at the end of the day, I think the goal here is as long as more people can enjoy it, mm. I think it's the, the best thing for the community. Mm. Yep. Um, but how it gets there, I'm not really fixated mm. about it. Yeah. Because gate- gatekeeping is a big problem. Mm. Yeah. Financial gatekeeping as well as snob. Yeah. Gatekeeping yes. both ways. Correct. On, on that note, then why don't we talk about in terms of what would you change mm-hmm. um, in terms of like the whole mass watch uh, owners or watch uh, community at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would in- include like, I would say, I don't know what you call this, like serious watch enthusiasts versus mm-hmm. non casual watch mm-hmm. uh, or lovers and so on. What would you change or what are your pet peeves that you, you wish that could, you could eliminate at the moment? I can think of a simple one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's simple in theory. Yeah. Uh, people who would stop indulging in the predatory watch pricing mm-hmm. strategies. Mm-hmm. Like this whole scheme of like, oh, if you want to buy this watch, you got to have a record of buying watches mm-hmm. with us. You got to buy five watches before you can buy this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I would like to see people n- not, uh, yeah. I don't know, like just, just stop allowing this to go on. Yeah. Because the reason these practices work is because people agree to it. Yes. Correct. And I would like to see that stop. Yeah. That would be my ideal. And, and to add on to that, right? I don't actually, to be fair, mm-hmm. I don't blame ADs mm-hmm. that does it. Because mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a pure uh, business move and it makes yeah. sense for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The one that I blame is the, that there's two person, right? Yeah. That's controllable, right? Yeah. One, the brand. Yeah. The brand could do something about it. Right? The brand could make it boutique only or the brand could, res- could strip their, their AD privilege. Because so on, they right? know it happens. Yes. And they let it happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. Right, so the brand is the one that can do something about it, and the second, like people always complain, oh, grey dealers are the, the evil no. ones. I don't blame mm. grey dealers. No, I, don't. No. I blame the buyers, the right? Buyers. Mm. right? The buyers. Because the buyers are the one that sets the market. The grey can list it, yeah. but if and you buy it, you, cr- you, con- yeah. you create the price. Yeah, I agree. Right. Right. So right. on that, that, I agree as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the, I'm always focused more on the brand, because at the end of the day, if you think of any brand that's going to make it right, the customer interaction is really key. You know. You, you have people out there aspiring to own something that you're making, right? Shouldn't you be trying to make a connection to them mm-hmm. than ignoring or rather favoring those that just transact and do more in the background, mm. right? Because I think at the end of the day, the more loyal customers you get that truly appreciate it, it's that word of mouth that goes about that's very powerful, especially in a niche community mm. and industry, right? You really want people talking good about their brand. Yep. And the less people are doing that or the more negative stigma is attached to you, right? At some point, it's going to bite you. You just don't mm. know it yet. It just feels very comfortable right now. Yep. But it will bite you at some point. And I think they are riding that wave for as long as they can. Mm. But I have this feeling that 
it's already starting to happen. It's just they are not doing enough to stop it. Right. So I'm still hopeful. It's a bit of a utopia I'm talking about mm-hmm. here, but it's one of those things that I hope the brands step in a bit more mm-hmm. to, to get involved in. I, I hope that's the case too, but um, to be honest, realistically, I think like bad press equals any, any press yeah, yeah, yeah. equals uh, good press. And so, this is all capitalism at the end of the yeah, day, yeah, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Is. So it is. It is what it is. So right. I mean, as James has said multiple times, supply and demand. Yeah. If there is demand, yeah, it's gonna go on. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. And the incent- there is no incentive for the companies to increase supply. No, correct, correct. Because all this hype, the fact that we're talking about it mm. is news for them, is press for them, yes. is people being aware of this. Mm. And what, what incentive do they have to increase the supply correct. and dilute the value correct. of their own market, right? That's true. But I think I take the point of what Omega did with their silver, that's Snoopy as well. Mm. Right? I think the fact that they went to the effort of trying to understand the people that want to buy it mm-hmm. it's not just a track record it's like you really really wanted it mm-hmm. right only then do they move you up the list mm-hmm. i think that's a powerful signal that you send mm-hmm. that you kind of want to know that the customer is really into the piece mm-hmm. before you get it mm-hmm. i think that's a lot more powerful than just a money unlocked thing sure yeah which, which which comes back to the point that you need the boutique i mean you need the brand to take control via boutiques only, yep. right yes. because like uh, so far, as to my knowledge, at least, I don't think you can get a Snoopy um, from AD. Mm. Yeah. And Omega does a. I'm not sure if it's thorough, but they at least did a test yeah. or, or a questionnaire or something to determine whether you are um, truly sort of, a fan. Yeah, yeah, truly a fan of it, and yeah. then you're able to eligible to purchase it, right? Mm. Um, so oh, I do want to say sorry because that is admirable mm. because I do agree. Like we need more of these kind of watches to be in the hands of actual enthusiasts. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that gatekeeping though? It is mm. right in a way. It is. It is right. That, like just because I, for example, we yeah. love Speedmasters. Mm. We yeah. enjoy the history. Blah blah blah. Why does that make us more deserving of a Snoopy than someone on the street who sees it? And, oh, that's really cool. I want one. Mm. Why do we deserve that more than they do? Although I'll rebut on that particular point to say mm. that if you are that man on the street right, right. and you see they really want one, and then you you then find out that I just need to be more knowledgeable about it mm. and be able to express my interest. Mm. Is that you pass the gate very quickly anyway, sure. mm. and it's not just a case of me uh, flashing up my card, right? Right. It becomes a case of you wanting to know more because the gatekeeping is more about enthusiasm, which is something everyone can acquire, mm. versus a, a sales track record, a purchasing track right. record, or a net wealth basis that Fair. you're going at, right? So I find that that sort of gatekeeping ideologically really isn't a problem. It's a bit like studying for a simple test that's actually possible. True. Uh, and friends will be happy to help you pass mm, the test true, as well, right? True. Um, as long as they know that you're sincere about wanting to pass the test. Mm. Yeah. Especially with the internet nowadays. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. It's oh. an intention instead. It's the, right? yeah, it's yeah. intention, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I think let's close this off with one more topic. I yeah. think you talk about uh, in, in terms of the value and everything like that. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts in terms of more brands are coming into the certified pre-owned program, right? Rolex did it. Mm. Um, AP, I heard, is coming up next. And more brands are trying to get a piece of the pie as well. What are your thoughts about that? I think it's good actually. Because um, I think the brands are not as... Oh god, what's the word? Um, they don't. They aren't as vicious mm-hmm. in, in the secondary market, I think. Mm-hmm. And also with a lot of brands right now, there's a lot of fear about fakes, mm-hmm. replicas. Mm-hmm. Because that is becoming so prevalent in the industry mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And fakes are also getting so good yeah. that it's becoming more and more difficult um, to discern without disassembling yes. things, which is obviously not feasible for every transaction. Yeah. So if you have the confidence of buying from brand mm. that is saying this is certified by us, mm. I think that's a good bit of a peace of mind to have. 
Mm. Um, of course, you can also see it as a bit predatory because mm. they, they are looking at the secondary market like, huh, we can make money there. Yeah. <laughs> right? At the end of the day, that's what it is. Yeah. So uh, I, I still think it's a good program if it could mm. be expanded. They could have more control over prices. So mm. it w- you would reduce scalping and all that. Mm-hmm. Right. But also... At the same time, like if you're the one selling your own Rolex and you know that you could sell it for more on the secondary market mm. versus selling it back to Rolex, yeah, why would you sell it back to Rolex, right? That's true. So I like the idea of more brands um, getting, uh, allowing people to be part, the owners to be part of it. Meaning, let's say you buy something off the market, right, and you're not sure, and you're able to send it back for a fee, of course, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get it certified. And even if it's not, and they found out it's uh, fake and all that, you just return it because you don't know, right? You yep. don't know what you've you've gotten, right? Um, and of course, there's the risk of how you handle stolen goods mm-hmm. and all of that. But I find that peace of mind is so powerful, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're buying pre-owned vintage, new mm-hmm. vintage, that you just want the original manufacturer to give it a bill of health for a yep. year or two, right? And if that's a service that you can get offered. I don't think it's a bad thing because it just improves the experience. You mm. know, it's like you can you got a watch off the flea market and you go like, hey, this is cool, and you bring it back to let's say on jeans and you go like, yep, this actually came from there. I don't mind you paying me this much. Mm-hmm. I give you this certificate. Mm-hmm. It just makes it so much cooler yep. that you found yep. that. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the market will react and will then have to adjust after that mm. based on how the dynamics of pricing and all that work. Yep. Um, but I'm all for additional peace of mind and getting more customers being part of the certification yeah. journey. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a rich experience. Right. Think, Omega's mm-hmm. done it for a long time, right? The extract from the archives. They've yeah, had they around for a while, I think. Yeah, they have yeah. that. I think Longines does it as well. Longines and then JLC? Patek as well. Patek as well. Patek yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few of them do it. I think that's a nice way of doing it. Um, I'm not so much for the Rolex certified pre-owned, mm-hmm. only because I don't think it was a brand that needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the other brands can afford to do that, especially those with a long track record, mm-hmm. long history, right? And that's the benefit to them because mm-hmm. if they've got a strong archive, that's just power to them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think I echo on that as well. I, I think Ro- Rolex had an opportunity to solve all this actually. And naively, I thought they would. I, when I first heard about the, the certified pre-owned program, I thought, all right, you can actually buy vintage pieces in piece right mm-hmm. now. But then you start looking at the fine print and you say, oh, you can only sell pieces that were bought from um, the Rolex store, yep. or Rolex AD. So yep. if you buy it from a grey dealer or somewhere else, nope. you can't bring yeah. it back to yep. the certified pre program. Yeah. Yep. So that defeats the whole purpose. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Rolex um, do better, but uh, as usual, <laughs> yeah. we don't expect much. So yeah. we don't expect. <laughs> honestly, we are not expecting anything already at this stage. We are jaded, folks. <laughs> very low. <laughs> Bar's very low at the moment. <laughs> Alright, I think that's probably going to be a good way to conclude this episode. Yeah. Uh, Once again, thank you so much, Casey and Woody, for joining this episode. Happy to be here with Parasite. (laughs) If you do want to see more on Casey, uh, more of Casey and Woody, drop in the comments. I think he would be happy to come back um, because. John's like part of Casey and John John is it's currently MIA so he's yeah, a little bit lonely at the moment so yeah. Yeah. in my case I'm already a parasite so, so, so I'm still going to cling on even when you all say no yes correct whether or not, whether or not anyone wants you around yes, right correct alright life's so good <laughs> alright all right. that's a good way to end it yeah. thanks everyone for watching <laughs>